had my same spot every day. <laughs> you can see the waves though, right? Oh, and that's the problem, is that Cabrillo overlooks the ocean. Yeah. And I'd look out the window and see it's glassy and there's lines, and I'm like, oh. <laughs> 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 I get it. Cabrillo's a good school, man. It is great. Good school. We're rolling. Oh, we're live? Yeah. Hey! Hi, yeah. guys. Didn't know we were here yet. Show number uh, nine, 996. No. 900? Yeah. No. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I haven't been paying attention. No, 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 I, well, it's three this week. I know. Well, welcome back, everybody, to the off Radio Thanks to everybody came, came in this week. Uh, the, uh, Ward Coffee family? Ward, oh, the Ward Coffee family was Guy awesome. Kawasaki. Guy roast, Kawasaki. Roasted me, roasted me the whole show. He did roast you. <laughs> I, I took the book home and showed Lorna. He she laughed. He roasted you in the book. Oh, my God. It's print. Oh, I know. Yeah. I couldn't even I believe like, it. Dude. All right. Well, you are an intermediate surfer. I'll admit it. It's true. <laughs> Uh, welcome that. back, everybody. Tonight, our special guest, Jimmy Panetta, is back. Thanks. Our Thanks. congressman. I mean, I feel like your off-lip radio show royalty. <laughs> Thanks for being back. Yeah. He's, on the, he's, on, he's on the top ten who's going to be our thousandth show. Oh, okay. Nice. For the one thousand? Yeah, the list. Top ten. Okay. Maybe you can just roll them through. He did let us down lightly when the assembly gift certificate that we got. Yes. Is worth. Gail Pellerin showed her recognition to the boardroom by providing that assembly recognition. So, a lot of respect to GP there. And you know, Neil, and you may not know this, Jimmy, but. We don't really endorse people on the show. She, uh, we endorsed her. We endorsed her. As you should. Yeah, because you should. she is a For one reason, one knows. reason only, because I coached her daughter of high school soccer. <laughs> well, she was a pain in the ass. And she was a pain in the ass. Her daughter's a good athlete. So, yeah. Is that how it works? Yeah. If you coach Jimmy's kids, then you would be endorsing Jimmy right now? Yeah. Exactly. Uh, Easy. Oh, man. Especially, especially my start. daughters who are uh, good athletes. Well, first I want to start with something that I've been thinking about. Um, you are busy. You are. You chair a bunch of stuff. Busy. You're at a bunch of caucuses. <laughs> One of your caucuses that you are on oh, is God. the Cannabis Caucus. <laughs> of course. And when I saw that, I was like... The cannabis caucus. Like, what do they, what do, they do? They like they smell it and make sure it's good. I mean, I wish there was that much hands-on work in Congress when it comes to the things we do. But unfortunately, we don't. It's just it's more of an advocacy uh, caucus, a way for members to get together, share information, in order to eventually do what's right when it comes to the legalization of cannabis. Obviously, right now with cannabis, it's all about the banking. Exactly. And so I think you're going to see a lot of leadership over in the Senate. Very few times I give the Senate kudos. Uh, uh, leadership, especially by Senator uh, Schumer, in regards to basically making sure that we can allow uh, safe and legal banking of the proceeds from cannabis. It's, it's dangerous. Absolutely. Look, the current system absolutely. is dangerous. You hear about it all the time in regards to you know people carrying loads mm-hmm. of cash on them and how dangerous that can be. Uh, we, so, have a, we have a murder case yeah. in the court system here right now oh. where some kids uh, kidnapped a grower, took him to his grow place, made him open the safe, and then they murdered him. And so, and that's no, exactly. one of the problems that's going on with that. I I thought you were like hanging out with Snoop Dogg, <laughs> you know, you no. and Snoop Dogg yeah. rolling them up, or like. <laughs> <laughs> there may be some members who do that. Okay. I unfortunately uh, don't have that opportunity to hang out with such royalty like Snoop Dogg. Okay, so. well, I just I, that, that one caught my attention. I'm like, huh, I want to be on that. You 
why you keep coming back to this this to our show. It, oh my god. We don't, we, we don't have any you know, ima- uh, We're not big donators. We're, we're, yeah. We're, donators. Yeah. <laughs> we're, 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 we're giving him socks. It's yeah. true. Yeah, exactly. He comes back for the merge four socks. Him, we've kept him in socks for a lot. I think I think with people watching just for the last two minutes understand why I come back because of this atmosphere, being able to talk to you guys and being able to be honest with you guys. Yeah. It's it's a nice atmosphere in which we can actually have a good conversation, talk about the serious stuff but not take ourselves too seriously. What's the thing I saw the other day? FFA? <laughs> the Future Farmers of America, absolutely. Future Farmers of America. I'm a co-chair with Tracy Mann, Republican. That's right, yeah. And as you know, we have a lot of beauty in this district, but we also got some bounty, and that's our agriculture, yeah. uh, especially as it extends all the way down the northern San Luis Obispo so County. Is that all directed here? Uh, a, a, yeah. Well, a, the, the caucuses, uh, the FFA is throughout the country. We've got 95,000 FFA members, though, in California. 800,000 throughout the, the, the United States. Wow. And so it's nice when these young men and women in high school who wear the blue jackets, as we all kind of grew up with, if you grew up in a rural area or not, and seen the, the, those types of FFA members, um, look, it's about leadership and it's about the future of agriculture. And so we want to show them support in Congress. So it's nice for them when they come back to the Hill and storm their Hill and talk about FFA, that they know they got support from uh, Congress members. Well, we'll talk about the agriculture real quick. You said across the street we were having a little one, li- one libation uh-huh. uh, about the hats that you wear. You're down there in Parkfield, right? <laughs> one minute, I, one I, minute, I, I, and then next minute you're in Silicon Valley with the suits and ties. Yeah, no, no, no. So you're out there with the Cowboys. Yeah, no, and the, that's right. The 19th Congressional District stretches from South San Jose with Lake Cunningham being the most northern part, part up over into Santa Cruz, all of Santa Cruz County except Watsonville, unfortunately, and then down the Monterey County coastline to Cambria, and then all the way out to the Kern County border with the Tascadero being. You need to ask the Independent Commission Which on that one. It used to be, didn't it? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I was proud to have them. Yeah. I was proud to have the people of Watsonville. Unfortunately, this quote-unquote Independent Commission decided that uh, Watsonville, Castorville, Salinas, San Benito, and the Salinas Valley was given to Zoe Lofgren, and I have the district that goes from San Jose, Santa Cruz, Monterey, northern San Luis Obispo County, which is a really good district in the sense that, um, like I said, we we got the most beautiful congressional district in the nation, hands down. Mm. Any district that stretches from Big Basin all the way to San Simeon, yeah. and that is the most beautiful mm. congressional district. Yeah. But like I said, it's also got not just that beauty, it's got the bounty, it's got a lot of agriculture. I lost the salad bowl of the world, but I gained a lot of wine and steak there in northern San Luis Obispo <laughs> yes, County. So we're good with that. So it's it's a it's a great district. Very proud to represent it, and look forward to continuing to represent it in the 119th Congress. Oh, cool. That's cool because you have Lake Cunningham, which is an awesome skateboard park. That's great. You yeah. Know that. yeah, oh yeah. Raging waters, yeah, raging no. waters that yeah. they're going to reopen. Thank uh, goodness, uh, which is great. Yeah. And then you, uh, I I know you recently you were in a Tascadero and you met my brother. That's. Yeah, my brother was reminding me about yeah. that. Oh he was, my he God. was really happy because Kevin, yeah. Kevin was like the volunteer man of the year in Atascadero exactly. and runs the skate park. And that he was, was so cool. That's he was right. super stoked. Oh, to meet thank you, you for reminding there. me of yeah. that. Yeah, that was wonderful. He was very happy. Um, I want to jump into something that we talked about just a little bit earlier. Yeah. It's what's going on in Congress. It's such <laughs> what's a, going on or what's not going. I feel on. like yeah. it's a dysfunctional family of people who don't talk to each other a lot. Um, but I, the one big one I want to talk about is uh, how. Your your the guys on the other side of the aisle complain about immigration, and you concede, and you, with the help of your colleagues, actually come up with something that they've been asking for, yeah. 
And they said no. Yeah, this was, um, <laughs> look, first and foremost, the immigration system's broke, unfortunately. It's broke because we haven't done anything on it since 1986. When Ronald Reagan actually leaned into it and passed an immigration reform bill, a comprehensive immigration I, reform I, bill. I, I, I got my Greek card because of that. Exactly, exactly. Ronald Reagan said, right. you've been here five years, you want a felon, yep. pay your taxes, yeah. you become a citizen of the United States. I'm yeah. like, Oh, Sign me up. Yeah. And, that, and look, and that's still law. And, and, and those who are here five years basically get their green card and they get legal permanent residency yeah. and they go into uh, the process to get their, their citizenship, yeah. which is great. But we all know that we have a number of people here who have come here who have contributed to our economy, contributed to our communities, contributed to our culture and what we stand for, especially on the Central Coast. Right. And so we should be working for our dreamers, for TPS recipients, and yes, for our farm workers who are doing jobs that no American will do. And right. so we understand that. But at the same time, you have to acknowledge that the border is a mess right now. And we're seeing record numbers come to the border who have gamed the system. What do I mean that they've gamed the system? They know that they use the asylum process to basically get into this country. So they come in, they claim a credible fear, they meet that initial low standard, then they're allowed to come in here and wait for their court date, which unfortunately is so backlog right now. Yeah. It's like five, six years mm -hmm. until their court date. So they come into this, to our cities, border cities, and now into New York and Chicago and other cities, um, and they really are draining a lot of resources that we need. And so um, that is where this supplemental package came in that we've been hearing a lot about lately, in which we know that we needed to fund our democratic partners, Ukraine, Israel, humanitarian aid for Gaza, and our partners in the Pacific to deal with the China problem. Um, the Republicans said, okay, well, if you want that, we want something to do with border. We want to fix the border. So you bet. Let's go. And so in the Senate, you had a very conservative member, Jim Langford from Oklahoma, James Langford, excuse me, and then uh, Chris Murphy, Democrat from Connecticut, and Kirsten Sinema, independent from Arizona. All come to the table, negotiate for four months. And let me tell you, immigration is a very, very difficult thing to negotiate. Yeah. Very difficult. The fact that it only took them four months, I give them a lot of credit. But they came up with a package that actually didn't under, uh, didn't, um, take the legs out from our asylum law that was still in place, but it made it more effective and efficient. It upped that initial burden a little bit more. you got to show a little bit more. And then it basically um, allowed them to come in, make those claims, but then if they didn't make it, they'd get sent back uh, right away. So they wouldn't come in and drain the resources that unfortunately we're seeing with the tremendous amount of numbers. It also allowed the president to shut down the border if the numbers got too high, 4,000, 5,000, 4,000 optional, 5,000 mandatory on those numbers. So it was a very conservative deal that Democrats and Republicans in the Senate agreed to. But what happened? Donald Trump got involved. And Donald Trump likes immigration issue as a political issue. We saw that from the very Camp beginning campaign when he rally. came down that golden escalator and then just railed on illegals, as he called them, coming into this country. As his illegal wife yeah. followed him yeah. down the yeah, escalator. Right. That's right. And so, you know, this is a guy who doesn't, isn't about solutions. He's about politics and he's about the issues. And immigration is his issue. And once he said that, without even reading the bill, once he said that deal is no good, you started saying Republicans in the Senate jump off. Yeah. And so they didn't pass it. So what happens? So then the Senate passes just a bill with just the supplemental funding. Okay, they send it over and the Speaker of the House says, oh, wait a second, it doesn't have border. So this is what they are dealing with. This is what we are dealing with. This is what the United States of America is dealing with in the sense that they are dealing with a party, a majority in the House of Representatives that literally is kowtowing and caving to Donald Trump.
And that is what creates the dysfunction that we're seeing. Now look, at the same time, I have to compare the 118th Congress with the 117th Congress. Because yes, the 118th Congress is about to become the least productive Congress in the history of America. Why is it least productive? Because they're, they're not, not able anything. to get things done. Yeah. They're not able to, this majority is putting forward bills that are failing left and right because they can't get enough votes in their own party. They have a slim majority, and therefore when they put these votes forward, you have extremes, their, their Freedom Caucus part of the Republican Party are voting no on everything. That's what they do. They come to Congress not to govern. They come to Congress to blow things up. And if they feel that they've compromised, then they feel they're not fighting hard enough. It's it's a weird mentality. Well, and how but, frustrating must it be with them trying to impeach Joe Biden <laughs> instead of instead of really well, governing the country? Wait, wait, well, that's thank you for mentioning that because not only did he not did they not put the immigration bill forward in the Senate, the House then impeached Mayorkas. Yeah. yeah and, you know, for, for nothing. And then obviously they're focusing on trying to impeach Biden. You're seeing the difficulties they're having with that because there's no, at least from what I've seen, no evidence that directly mm-hmm. links President Biden to his, his son who's going through some serious issues, as we all know and have to admit. He's kind of a train wreck. We mm-hmm. all understand that. Um, but look, that's his son, and that's what he's dealing with. But in no way did President Biden sacrifice, at least for me, I haven't seen any evidence showing that he's sacrificed the, the presidency or the vice presidency. And if they had evidence, on, on behalf they of would have son. had that out a year ago. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And their credible witness just Absolutely. fell apart. Absolutely. You know, so. so this is kind of what they're spending their time doing. But like I said, in the 117th Congress, last Congress, I just got to remind people that we actually had a majority in charge that got stuff done. And what do I mean by that? Look, look at the record. We passed the American Rescue Plan that got us through COVID and gave us the foundation to go get through inflation. We passed the IIJA, the Infrastructure Investment and Jobs Act, where past administrations only talked about infrastructure weeks. We gave you 10 years of infrastructure investment. We, and during the pandemic, we realized how difficult it was to rely on other countries for semiconductor chips. We invested in the Chips and Science and Act $54 billion in making sure that semiconductor chips are built right here. And then we passed the largest investment in human history to reduce our carbon output in the Inflation Reduction Act, making sure that we incentivize the pivot to clean energy and clean transportation. Oh, and also in that bill, we made the ACA more accessible. We made it so that people on Medicare or senior citizens don't pay more than $35 a month for insulin and don't pay more than $2,000 a year in out-of-pocket expenses for their health care. These are the things that we did in addition to a number of other things. The PACT Act, the Safer Communities Act, Juneteenth, the national Mm -hmm. holiday, Asian hate crimes codified as law. And and literally, (laughs) I got one more. I got one more. We codified same-sex marriage. We made that the law of the land. So these are the things that that did get done, that can get done when you have a majority that's absolutely serious about governing and understands that we're not in the entertainment industry, man. We're in the governing industry. We're in the legislation industry. And so I hope going into this next election, be it on March 5th, be it on November, uh, I think it's 8th, uh, back in, in November of 2024, that people elect the representatives who are serious about governing. It's crazy with the infrastructure that when that passed, people who voted against it got funding in their districts. I love that you know these. And then they took and then they take credit for it. Awesome. They know this stuff. Exactly. They take credit and they're telling their constituents, <laughs> "I did this," and they voted against it. Exactly. Like, That's so great. Um, there was a member from uh, Florida who literally got 
hammered. If you see the interview, she got hammered by a, um, an interviewer about that same issue, and she couldn't explain why she voted mm -hmm. against it. And yeah. there, that's what happens when you just go by party line. That's mm -hmm. what happens when you listen to Donald Trump. That's what happens when you're there for the politics and not the policies that affect people's lives. Yeah, because, I mean, you're directly... Well, another one was in Colorado, because uh, in Boebert, who voted no, can, can there's a giant windmill company can, out there. Can I just mention this guy right here? Yeah. Because i got to mention, mention him. This is Jeff Littleton, who goes... Fuck off, Libtar. Democrats <laughs> like you are running, ruining, ruining the USA. Dude, that's sure. what you got. Yeah. And what does Trump have, 91 indictments or something? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Oh, you, got, you got double finger, too. Hey, that's cool. <laughs> hey, hey, all, I, all I can say, you know what? When people like that say that, all I can say is vote. Yeah. Just vote. That's right. Because if you vote, you can complain. If you don't vote, don't complain. Right. So vote. And if you don't like how the system works, then move. Run it out in the paper and try to change it. Write an editorial. Um, you get that. Absolutely. Your district has, you have some very rural conservative oh, you areas. Bet. You bet. It's a very diverse district, as I explained, from we got cow chips in San Luis Obispo to semiconductor chips up in San Jose. Yeah. I mean, that's what we got. And so it's, it's, a, it's a very diverse district, but that's kind of what makes it fun. I couldn't imagine representing a monolithic district like some other districts throughout the country. And it really makes keeps you on your game, and you have to be able to uh, understand both sides. Well, you yeah. said something earlier that also, really cracked me up. That's right. Is that you? Absolutely. You you show up and talk and discuss with people. You, have to. you can't. You, you don't hide from no. us. You no. try. No. Like everyone in your district is included in what you yeah. think. No, like I said on uh, Tuesday, I was up in San Jose. Uh, Wednesday, I was out in Creston in northern San Luis Obispo County. Uh, then yesterday I was up and back up in San Jose, and then today I was up in San Lorenzo Valley and then Santa Cruz. Um, that's the diversity of the district. That's the dy dynamism of the district uh, and how spread out it is. But it's a, it's a great district. I love it. I love the people, uh, and I love the policies that we're trying to create and to affect people's lives. And I don't care if you're a Republican or Democrat. We serve you. That's what we do, and I cannot stress enough. One of the pillars of what we do... And it's amazing because, I mean, I'm not speaking specifically to him, but when someone does have a veterans affair, you they come to you, you help them get it sorted out. We try. Suddenly you we become try. their congressman. Well, you know, you'd hope. Yeah, well, you look, know, it's, I, I think that's kind of how you, you know, like I said, I, I, I'm fortunate enough to kind of understand the impact of this job on people's lives. And that's the best part of this job. Having a, a district director like Emmanuel Garcia here who appreciates oh, yeah, basically, uh, basically, you know, Get that, over here, that, that type of casework and making sure that when people come to our office with those personal issues, we serve them. Emmanuel's worked with me from the very beginning. He was a grown. Yeah. No, we yeah. don't. We, we <laughs> We've known you for years exactly. now. Emmanuel's been your sidekick. Yeah. You recently got a promotion. Yep. Exactly. What is your new title? Uh, district director. District director. That's right. But number one yeah. man. Yeah, number one. Is, is he packing again? Yeah. He's packing. He probably has a gun. <laughs> don't, but, ask. don't ask him that. But I gotta be. I gotta be honest here. Every time we sit, we hang out with you. We kind of are lollygagging around, no, having a great time. No, and he's, he's always like, the one. Like, no, he's like, let's get out of here. No, that's why he's good. That's, that's awesome. Why he's good. Yeah. And you you love the fish. I know that about you. Yep. Like the And you were raised. In San Diego, born and raised in San Diego, and, yeah. and where are you now living? Santa Cruz. Uh, Santa Cruz. And Santa Cruz. Went yeah. to UCSC. Oh, and you, yes. and you man the office here in Santa Cruz too. That's right. That's yeah, right. it's it's uh, about thirty minutes from San Jose and about forty minutes from Monterey. So 
So somebody locally needed to reach out and reach Jimmy. Yeah. They, they would initially Definitely. reach you, and you would sort of create that bridge. Eight three one four two nine nineteen seventy six. And yeah, any any problems you have, uh, and, and we'll be happy to connect you to the right people. And Emmanuel, like I said, he's in charge of the district. People got to realize I'm probably you're are probably if you're in the nineteenth congressional district, you're probably in one of the few districts that has four district offices. I saw that, including the D, not including the DC office. So we got one in San Jose. 841 Blossom Hill Road. We got one in Santa Cruz at the Civic Center. We got one in Monterey at the courthouse. And we got one in San Luis Obispo and Paso Robles at the train station. So um, it's a real spread out district, but I wouldn't expect people in Santa Cruz to drive all the way over to San Jose. Nor would I expect the vice versa in Monterey to go to Paso and Paso up here. So we felt it necessary to have four district offices. So he's got a lot of responsibility on his hand, making sure that they're working. And congrats. Yeah. Exactly. I'm being totally honest. You have acted professionally oh, since yeah. the first day we have met you. <laughs> exactly. While we don't <laughs> act professionally, <laughs> you do. So. <laughs> good job. Oh, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, that is fantastic. Exactly. No, he knows his beers, too. He picked up the good beers tonight. Did he? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. He knows his beers. Behind the good man is a good woman. And your wife, is she's, she's a judge Absolutely. in Monterey County, right? Yeah, she's a judge. Took with you traveling everywhere over the place. Oh, my goodness. And your kids. You're they, telling me. Yeah, so our kids are amazing. Did you ever talk with them way back when going, okay, I'm going to be disappearing for like 12 years? They just kind of got it. I mean, they, look, I think, you know, when I was... In the military, and I was deployed to Afghanistan, um, they were one in three, and so they remember that. And then when I came back and I took the job down in Monterey County on a game team in the prosecutor's office, um, I was commuting back and forth because Kerry was a judge up in Oakland at that point. So I'd go down there, work during the week, drive back, and be in the weekend. And then now in this job, as you said, I'm trying my work in D.C., but I come back here every weekend to make sure I'm in the district. Um, and so fly back and they, forth? Absolutely. Absolutely. Hmm. There's no reason for me to stay in What's D.C. What's your preferred airline? I'm, I'm United. I'm I United. love United. Yeah. Someone, yeah. someone asked me what's my favorite app on my phone. My United app. Yeah. <laughs> I rely on that thing. You yeah. know, whether or not the plane's on time, whether or not I got a good seat, whether yeah. or not you know someone's next to me in middle seat on the economy class or right. not. So you it's, have, you have moved up the, yep. no. <laughs> no, man. You don't know. Trust me. Trust me. Trust me. I wish. No. I wish. No. But, it doesn't uh, work that United way. United is a fabulous airline. It's it's a good airline. Mm-hmm. They do a good job. Look, they. Every airline has its issues, uh, but it's just easier for me to kind of make that. And Monterey's a great airport. Uh, we've, you know, done a lot for their infrastructure, but uh, so, yeah, I fly out of San Francisco. Eleanor up just over. replied to, what was that dude, Jeff Littleton. She's replied, uh, and she goes, keep your racist, com- keep your racist comments to your fa- fascistic self. Go Jimmy Panetta. You know, speaking of go Jimmy Panetta, you're in an election cycle. Yes. And and at the same time, you're trying to, um, you know, keep a dysfunctional Congress together and and have this giant district. Is it tough to juggle that right now? Absolutely. I mean, look, absolutely. But the fact is, is what you know, people ask me like, oh, it's. You know, you got the campaign coming up. Are you you working harder? Like, no, 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 man. I don't go up during the campaign season and come down. I'm always up here. Mm-hmm. And you can ask Emmanuel. Like, we're always right here because to me, good governing is good politics. Mm-hmm. That's what it's about. So, um, no, I, I, you know, continue to make sure that when I'm in the district, I'm not home. I'm out in the district, uh, especially with the new district, 55% new voters. And so we got to make sure that we show up. That's the most well, important. Look, 75% of any job is showing up. 
It's ninety-five percent of this job. This, this is off Jimmy Panetta's website. I printed this. <laughs> what is this stuff? It is all of the shit that you do. <laughs> it is literally. This is all your caucus chairs, and and then your all the committees yeah, that you're in, and then and then and then, and then, and then your your traveling is on there, and yeah. the meetings that you're doing. Yeah. And if you don't think Jimmy Panetta is representing our district, go to the website yeah. and read. I mean. You, this is braggy stuff, I know. No, I mean, I, I am bragging for you, but, <laughs> I mean, you are on the Ways and Means Committee, right? Yeah, good committee. The, the yeah, House committee, committee on Armed Services. Armed services, because um, all of our military installations, 15,000 jobs, $1.4 to the economy locally. There's a, a lot of people who wouldn't like to have that here or, or contribute to our defense budget. I get it. But the fact is, is that budget helps our jobs and helps our friends and neighbors who work at our installations Absolutely. right here. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, the Committee on the Budget. Budget committee as well. Is, is, are you guys? Do you want to choke everybody right now? That's, I mean, uh, yeah, that's that's the, look. The budget committee has, has come a long way. Trust me, they didn't do much the last couple of years, but this year with the chairman, my classmate Jody Arrington from Texas, and uh, Brendan Boyle, a ranking member from Philadelphia, they actually work very well together. So we've actually passed some good bills out of budget. That shows that we're concerned with our budget, but more importantly, our debt and deficit as well, which is something with these high interest rates we got to be mindful of because eventually, if we don't do anything about that, it's going to affect our economy. And more importantly, if we don't do anything about our debt deficit, it's going to affect Social Security mm. because that's automatically going to be cut in 2032 by 21%. And so we got to step up and start having some serious conversations. And that's why I voted for the Fiscal Responsibility Act that basically makes sure that Democrats and Republicans and experts come together and talk about how we can reduce our debt deficit and shore up our social security and so that's why i voted for it i wasn't many democrats who did i did because i felt it's important that I, let's at least have these conversations right now and yeah. we got to protect social security and this is one way to do it it's so important what's been the hardest rough for you to push up the hill oh god legislation is tough but a passing legislation can be very difficult now we've done pretty well and because I've been on Ways and Means we've and on the Armed Services Committee, that basically we've had our standalone bills and we attach them to a larger vehicle like the NDAA, National Defense Authorization Act, or like the uh, Inflation Reduction Act or the American Rescue Plan. Some of these bigger bills that we're able to pass, we were able to get our legislation in that because of the committees that I'm on, which is good. But standalone legislation can be pretty tough. Yeah. But, you know, it, it can't stop you from introducing it. So we got some pretty good bills. Like most of, like I'm focused right now on housing, affordable housing. In the 19th Congressional see, District, met, that I've, is I've the number anybody, one issue. Have you, have you, see, I've never met anybody. No one's come up to me and go, hey, Neil, I have an affordable house at lower interest. <laughs> I haven't met anybody yet. <laughs> I think I did the other day. I think Matthew Swinnison has one. Does he? I think he so. He has an affordable but house? I, I you got to give it to him. Yeah. Someone gave it to him. So, so, no, living yeah. with his parents. <laughs> well, affordable housing in Santa Cruz, I believe, is only 20% below market. And so, which is still extraordinarily expensive. We're the highest market in the country. Exactly. Well, and for renters as well. I mean, it's the mm -hmm. highest place to rent in the nation, unfortunately. Right. And so we introduced this bill called the Rental Relief Act that says that if you're paying over 30% of your income towards your rent, you should get a federal tax credit at the end of the year. I also introduced something that I think is very relevant to a lot of people who've owned homes a long time. 
Uh, it's called the More Homes on the Market Act, bipartisan bill. Democrats and Republicans well, you can support sell it. Them and not pay capital gains. Absolutely, yeah, that's but nice. not too much. Exactly. Right. So right now there's an exemption that's two fifty as a single filer, five hundred thousand as a joint filer. That was created in ninety seven. Mm -hmm. We know well that there's so many people, especially around here, that have owned their homes for so long, the price is shot through the roof. If they sell that, they'll take a big hit on their nest yeah. egg. Mm -hmm. We want to protect that nest egg, sell that home, and keep some of it through a tax exemption by doubling those numbers that I talked about, and then basically allowing more homes on the market, yeah. hence the name of the bill. Well, and, and that's how you fill bedrooms. That's right. Because as you soon know, you're going to have empty nesters. Yeah. You're going to have empty that's bedrooms. Absolutely. And that's in so yeah, Santa Cruz, I can't even imagine absolutely. the thousands of empty that's bedrooms right. That's right. that are here. No, I mean, the other yeah. one I like is um, here in Santa Cruz County, they've been really pushing for ADUs. Right. And having a design that is like an over-the-counter permit and yeah. make yeah. it easy. Make it more this way. It opens up more rooms. Right. Because like I feel like the, what we're missing in, specifically in Santa Cruz is entry-level housing, which generally is studios and one-bedrooms. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and part of that is, at least from the federal government, we don't really deal with ADUs. But, like, what we're trying to do is, like, more tax credits to incentivize the development. Now, whether or not they develop in Santa Cruz, that's up to the local. Mm -hmm. We don't want the federal government telling them where to develop and how to develop and so forth. But at least we want to incentivize the development. Yes, low-income housing. We appreciate low-income housing. We yeah. want more of yeah. it. But the problem is we have too many people who work here who don't qualify. They make too much for low-income. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I introduced a bill with Senator Ron Wyden of Oregon, who's on the chair of the Finance Committee the middle-income housing tax credit, the workforce housing tax credit, because we, we have too many people who work here who don't live here. Mm -hmm. They're commuting in, and we want them to spend more time in our community and not in their commute. And so uh, this workforce housing uh, tax credit is something we're going to continue to push forward. Uh, my last point is to think here with, uh, I think it's AT&T talking about landlines. Yeah, good. I'm glad you did. All right. I'm yeah. Sorry, what's going we, on? We, we, it was great. We had a good... Um, yourself, are they going to supply these people with... with uh, cell phones? Well, this this is the issue. Look, you got you got like you said, my divi my uh, district is very diverse. Right. You got you know goes down to Big Sur all the way up to San Lorenzo Valley. But as you know, there's a lot of nooks and crannies right. there it where people have... live, and it doesn't have cell service. And so, therefore, those people who are in those vulnerable areas, especially in Fire. these, these storms mm -hmm. and natural right. disasters, mm -hmm. um, they need those landlines. Right. Now, we've been in, once once the AT and T applied to pull the plug literally on those landlines we kind of we immediately got in their butts and said no 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 you can't you can't do this and no. so they are stepping up and they're having town halls AT&T are having town halls about the process and what that takes and why there's going to be certain exemptions because of our pushing in Big Sur in San Lorenzo Valley yeah. so that they don't pull those, don't, they don't pull those landlines. Absolutely yeah. and cell service doesn't reach in those yeah. nooks and crannies like well, I it's said. It's such a health hazard I mean like my mom it's fell and broke her head. Absolutely. She didn't have her phone. Absolutely. I mean it, it, I couldn't even imagine some of the older yeah. folks up there with yeah. medical emergencies. Yeah. No we had a good town hall today up in San, uh, San Lorenzo Valley where we had a we had all the the, you know, the internet companies, uh, Cruzio especially, AT&T, uh, a number of T-Mobile, Verizon, they were all there. We had uh, state, local, and federal government representations. And then we had um, those who are going to be implementing the funding for from the infrastructure bill for rural broadband yeah. uh, mm -hmm. as well as something that's important too. Jimmy, so, thanks for coming on the show. No, nah, it's always, dude, you guys are the best. Well, it's I, great. We, Trust we, me, I, I love being here. I know you're always on a tight schedule. Man, no, over there checking his numbers. I, 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 I got it. I got another event. I yeah, I know you have another event. Nice little event down in Watsonville. We love catching up with you. We love, we honestly, we love having you in here. Trust me. And I think maybe we'll get him in the top five now for the 10th. 
okay. Yeah, we're moving them up. Like I said, I think you should just do a bunch of them. Roll them through. Roll them through. That'd be great. Um, That'd be great. I, I always say the winners are the ones who try. And uh, and you're a winner, and our community appreciates no, you. I appreciate there, I, there's respect. always going to be one that's going to throw the birds. But <laughs> of I, I, I honestly, you know, we get a lot of politicians on the show, and especially during the election cycle. And uh, it's pretty obvious to know and uh, see the people who are in it for the right reasons. And I really feel like you are. No, I appreciate and, that. Uh, and that it is takes, not based on your party. It's based on your love of your district and this country. It's home, it's home yeah. man. So, I'm so glad I grew up here and have that kind of connection and that appreciation, not just for what we have here, how lucky we are. But look, living here, and I think all of you us can admit this, there's some certain responsibilities that come along with living in this community. Yeah. And Take look, community. exactly, exactly, mm -hmm. and protect our environment, mm -hmm. but also first and foremost, look, let's, let's play a part in our democracy in this yeah. community, let's vote. Everybody's got to vote. Like you mm -hmm. said, I don't care where you are on the political spectrum. Yeah. Please, like please, please, please vote. Like TC says, if you're going to complain, vote. Exactly. No, even if you're not complaining, vote. <laughs> That's how I look at it. No, uh, no, no, no. Let's vote. Jimmy, thank you thank so you. much. Emmanuel, congratulations on your promotion. We really, I, I know that you've earned that. Um, thanks for tuning in, everybody, to the Off Lip Radio Show. We appreciate you, T-Fox, putting us on Santa Cruz Waves. Thank you. Neil, great show. Uh, Jimmy, Neil. great no. to have oh, you. Neil, thanks for too. Yeah. Uh, and uh, next week, uh, John Lair, Kristen oh, Brown, from Cats, she's vying for uh, uh, yep. supervisor. supervisor. Yeah. Yep, yep. Great. Uh, we got more. Yeah. We'll talk to you guys next week on the Off Lip Radio Show. <laughs> Good night for now.